What's up, everybody? Back for another Calcio Nostro podcast episode. It's a little time in between. We had some shit going on, but we're back again. Um, a lot of stuff has happened since last time we spoke. We had the Juventus scandal finally come to fruition of what the, the penalty is going to be, what that has on Serie A. We have a, you know, interesting topics in terms of form for the big teams. We have Coppa Italia going on. We have a lot to get into, but... You know, I wouldn't start the pod with introducing who we have this week. We have Mike and Rocco this week. So, shorter staffed pod, but we'll get through it. We'll figure out how to keep the banter as high as possible. But to start, I'm going to delegate to Mike on this one because he has some strong opinions about this. The whole Juventus scandal, the 15-point deduction, we've had some time to finally internalize it. Mike, what are your initial thoughts on the punishment that you've been given? I mean, it's totally justified. <laughs> anyone anyone who says that it's not is just a Juventus fan and a delusional Juventus fan at that. Um, it's something that you can't do under the rules. You can't inflate transfer values for your own plus valenza. And they did it not once, but 40 different times. FIGC investigated 60 transfers. 40 of them were Juve transfers. Obviously, there's the most high-profile one, which was the Knonich deal, but they did it 39 separate occasions aside from that. Um, they broke the rules. Um, the board advocated for breaking the rules. Uh, you know, I get that it's difficult for fans to accept that. I get that it's difficult for the players to have to live with the consequences of, you know, something that they didn't really do. But, I mean, Juventus as an organization, like, there's nothing there's nothing that can really make me think like 15 sure maybe it's a little harsh especially since they initially asked for like nine i think um but i mean the point deduction is totally valid yeah i think i think you touched on the more egregious of the offense where it's like the fact that the board was all on it because some of these scandals you see that maybe like one or two bad actors but the fact that you have the whole essential leadership of juve condoning and accepting that this is a principle and an action that they're doing to improve the team. It, it's it's embarrassing, but it's not surprising at this point. I think it's kind of how I interpreted it, where it's just like, sure, like, yeah, it sucks that happened. Like, obviously, it doesn't put Italian soccer in a good light. But, you know, are we surprised that there was something fishy going on with Juve? No. Like, their recent, not even their recent history, throughout their history, they've had all these scandals that have come about. And it's just like, okay, like it's modernizing a scandal this time around. And now apparently there's a further investigation from the FIGC that they're going to do a further 20 point. I've, I saw on Twitter that they're they requested going to, an additional 20 point reduction. So now year. what is, I couldn't really understand what was the basis for that new penalty on. So the, and like, I'll say this really quickly before passing it over to Rocco, but like this is for the separate uh, investigation that I, I think is scheduled to be done in March, which has to do with um, the internal agreements that you've had about paying players' salaries over um, over the course of the pandemic. And what that basically is, is like Juventus is a publicly traded company. They released uh, statements to their shareholders letting them know that players would be taking a quarter reduction of their salaries. There are a ton of internal documents now that are coming out that are showing that the players didn't take any reduction, right? So the, the issue here is that they lied to the shareholders on their reporting and their financials, which, you know, and like, not not that this is the same thing that they got docked the 15 points for, 
but I think it also shows you the culture that's going on at Juventus, right? And like I know that like I can take a lot of heat from that from from our listeners, all of them. Um, and Julia. But it strongly to me hints that there's a there's a culture of circumventing the rules of doing the wrong thing, and then it goes back a long way. Um, yeah, I mean, Rocco, what's your take on all this stuff? Um, so I guess just one point of clarification first, because I know someone said that uh, they requested a nine-point penalty and it wound up being 15. And I think I'd read that that was because at the time when it was requested, nine points would have done what 15 wound up doing in terms of like dropping them in the table. So they did it based on like where it would leave them more so than just like the absolute number of points. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it, the one thing like I don't know enough about is like to what extent other teams are doing it, right? And like there are teams that obviously were doing the same thing, right? Like you mentioned the Pjanic deal. Like Barcelona did the exact same thing in that exact same transaction. And obviously it's governed by different people, but it's like Pjanic wasn't worth 60 and Arthur was definitely not worth 80. So that whole thing was a scam. Uh, I'm just curious like about what's being looked at <clears throat> with other clubs. And, yeah, I mean, you said, like, 40 of these transactions were due, then 20 weren't. I don't know what the breakdown of the rest of them is, but, like, did other teams do enough to get to get punished? I don't know. I will say that, like, some Juve fans uh, are saying, you know, they're out on, like, Reddit and, and, like, other social media places, and they're like, oh, this isn't fair. Like, why should accounting have anything to do with what happens, like, on the points table? And it's that's just such a stupid take because if you can't like sort of see that how it all fits together you really don't understand i guess yeah like about your uh, modern soccer you're you're increasing your odds of getting better players while you're marking them for less and therefore that yep. affects your product on the pitch because if they're better players they're going to play better get you a better chance to win a trophy and that that i agree that that and sorry, the background ahead. of this is all it's, it's all within the framework of financial fair play right like because they're they're boosting their numbers so that way they're able to comply with regulations mm-hmm. set forth in FFP. So they're they're making themselves more able to act in the transfer market by lying, um, yeah. by inflating these numbers. And look, I want to be clear here, right? Like you bring up another point, Rocco. Like other teams got investigated into this. Like, yeah, other teams did the same thing. They should get docked points too. This isn't like a pick on Juventus thing. This is like. Just, just calling a spade a spade thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I think the initial investigation was brought about due to the fact that they lied to what is the Italian equivalent of the SEC, like misleading stock prices and stuff. I think that was mm-hmm. what kind of led to this whole thing. So now you have the FIGC trying to add on top of that. Like I, I don't see anything in the near future really helping you. I mean, their product on the field hasn't been anything to really condone yeah. about either. So, you know, we, we said it on this pod many times where you are kind of in, especially when they, how they play they're kind of in this like limbo state. Now with all these like potential penalties and deductions and regulatory actions being taken against them, you think to yourself like, okay, this will get significantly worse before it gets better. And the reason why I say that is because you have the likes of Lovic, Kiesa, you have your high-performing assets. Weston McKinney's already gone. I know it's a loan, but they'll most likely trigger that loan. 
you're starting to get these high performing assets that you have to get out the door. Now it's like, okay, you finish, you know, as it currently stands, they're mid table. Let's say you finish mid table for this season, right? Next season, are you worse? Like, do you even try to buy players at that point? Do you try to, you know, keep your nose clean until this investigation kind of blows over and then maybe think about getting just smarter, cheaper assets in the future? Like, there's a lot of things in this, that this implicate implicates the future of Juve. I'm curious to see it, but I'm not definitely, I'm not optimistic and I'm definitely pessimistic as to where Juve is going to go from here. So, yeah, I, I, you know, I was just looking at the table uh, real, real quick. Look at the table, and if you actually get docked another 20 points, that puts them in a drop spot. Like they'll level on 18. Yeah, they'll be on two points, right? With Verona on 13 points. Oh, okay. So, I don't know why my numbers are so off. Wow. Wait, 20? No, actually, you're right. I'm doing bad math. I only subtracted 10 from them. Yeah, they'd be dead last five points behind Cremonese. Jesus. That's what I thought. 20 points. Wow. And they'd be 10 points away from Verona, so we need to go to the guy method of looking up the table to see if you can make up 10 points. Yeah, but at, so at that point, right, do you, like, that basically would all but, soli- like, all but uh, solidify their fate as to being a relegation side, right? I know we spoke about it on the pod when it first broke, that we don't believe that this offense is punishable enough to get them relegated, but meanwhile, if they get this 20-point deduction... Well- so well, that's I want to see where you guys like are opinion on that. Yeah. And I'll say this, right? Like, you know, they still have the same team until May. So I think that it's totally reasonable that they could make up. I think they would be like something like 13 yeah. or something out of the drop spot. I don't think that they would get relegated quite frankly. Be I think that, out of the drop spot. that I mean, they're too talented. The thing is, actually, it'd be even less than 10 because if they went down to, they go down to three theoretically and then Somp would be on nine in 18th place. So they would just be six yeah. points off the drop. And they like, catch them. They have right now, like, could they catch them? Yeah. yeah. Unlike when we were talking about catching Napoli by 10 points, like, yeah, they could catch any right. of these teams by 15, 20 points because, I mean, that might be an exaggeration, but <clears throat> they, they'd, they'd make it out of the drop. But, I mean, my, my takeaway is, like, you know, everyone's crying because it's it's not fair. It's not fair to, like, take points away from them now. It's not fair to do that. It's, what, what is the alternative? Yeah. Like, right? Like, you, you keep letting them get away with it. It's just a, it's a moral hazard situation. It's like you have to dock them because if you don't, and, like, th- this is the problem, right? Like, oh, uh, and, and, like, this, like, unfounded claim that, like, other teams are doing it, other teams are doing it. Like, all right, if other teams are doing it, get the evidence and, and dock them, too. I, I don't know. I don't have, like, any sympathy for it because it's just something that shouldn't be happening. It's something that's really bad for Italian soccer. And, like, you know, it's unsurprising, frankly, that it's Juventus that's doing it to me. But, yeah. I, I, that, that's definitely some level of bias speaking. But I I, I... I'm definitely for the more aggressive take as to a punishment because at this at this day and age, it's like you want to set the tone where it's like if you do something against the law, you will be punished enough where even though you may think it's unfair, this like shame on you for doing fucking scandals and like doing whatever the crime may be, whether it's false accounting or if we go back to 2006, obviously the the cultural police scandal. If you're a repeat offender of breaking the law. You should be punished, and if you keep breaking the law, you're gonna keep getting punished. Like I, I like this aggressive tone from the FG, FIGC and Serie A to 
you know, be like, okay, look, we get your Juve, but, you know, you broke a law. You're going to get punished. So, you know, kudos to them for actually. Real quick. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, you said we get it, your Juve. I think that that's something that I feel like we see all the time online. People are like, how could they do this? And, like, they're ruining the league by punishing Juve. And it's like, well, that's another dumb take, honestly. And it's like, well, if someone does something punishable, it doesn't matter who, like, what team it is and, you know, how many viewers they have and stuff. That's stupid. Yeah. But what I'm really interested in, too, is seeing, like, the punishments for people who were associated with Juve who aren't there anymore. Like, all of the Juve players who were there and then left were, like, there was some report the other day that I think has now been kind of, like, disproved that, like, former Juve players could get suspended a month. Um, yeah, but, like, the thing is, like, as a, as a player thing, it's like, can you really be at fault? Like, you're you're not setting the accounting value. You're not setting the transfer value for like everything. Well, that's for the salary. Oh, okay. Wages part. Yeah, because it's like they agreed to, like, these back-ass deals. But, like, I feel like... I saw some like leaked messages or something at some point, and it's like even like the more senior Juve players were kind of trying to pressure other players into accepting these deals because it was better for the club. You Interesting, know, like, right? Julio, like, how do you go after like never saying that against Chiellini, but I'm pretty sure he yeah. did a lot of that stuff. Well, he was a big part of it. He, he was a big uh... from MLS, I guess, right? I don't even know if he's like gonna play next year or if he's like gonna be in the coaching position next year, but. What? Um, Obviously, you... for me, the biggest implication is on Dybala. If if Roma <laughs> for a month, they're no, I mean, Roma, Roma will be like legitimately unwatchable without yeah. Dybala. But... I, I I want to leave with one last question, then we can move on. Um, because I saw this on Twitter where people are, you know, obviously they're complaining about you, but they they complain about a bigger problem. Where like, there's not enough money in Serie A, and they were saying, you know, I saw some polls on Twitter asking, you know, how would you try to funnel in more cash for like TV rights and for viewership in that way the league gets more revenue and that gets dispersed, right? So I want to pose a question to you two. It's like, what do you think Serie A or even just the teams individually can do to try to get more, not even American, but overall foreign investment or foreign attention to the league? Uh, I, I don't know whether that's like a thing that's like a viable path forward at this point. You know, like I think that the way that European soccer is at this stage it's kind of it's kind of really tough to grow your team unless yeah. you get like legitimately oil investments, sovereign wealth funds to invest in you. And I think all of those teams, like all of those entities, are looking at the Premier League because that's that's where the, the money is in the world. It's the best soccer in the world, sure. Yeah. Um, I think part of it has to you know do with like setting your expectations, like realizing that the the best teams in Italy can be good but they're probably not going to be the best teams in the world for a while. And I think like what Italian teams really need to do, in my opinion, is really invest in themselves and in their youth programs. I think like the model going forward should really be something as to the effect of what Atletico did and what Real is doing now, where you're getting really high level talent out of South America. You're finding these kids young and you're building your teams from there. You know, like Milan's, done it to some extent with some of their players like i'm thinking specifically of like finding layout mm-hmm. it's not like they didn't pay for him but you know things like that but more most importantly i think like the best thing for italian teams to do is focus on developing their youth programs and mm-hmm. figuring out a way to get like italian players back to the top I, I don't i don't know that there's a way forward in terms of like creating more revenue 
Well, there there was a report that J.P. Morgan is now once I think the TV the TV deals expire. I think it's 2024, 2025. I forget the exact year, but J.P. Morgan is then going to take over. I think the bidding process for the TV rights to broadcast globally and I think in certain countries. So I mean, that's I think a good sign because when it comes to like when you have an investment bank dealing with it, like they're going to look at more of the total, like what is the biggest growth potential and what is the most profitable marginally, like margin wise for, for sure. the entity. But, but, but like, I get that, but like, you got to like ask yourself at the same time, right? Like, even if that's the case and said, yeah, I was getting like more money and it's growing better, it's growing faster. It's not going to cash the prem, right? No, like, I, 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 I just, yeah, I don't think like, that's the goal. I think the goal right now is to get, a little behind, if not on par with La Liga. I think that is the more attainable goal just because it, it's baby steps, right? It's like right now, EPL is number one. La Liga is number two. Right now, we're in a fight for number three with Bundesliga, right? Some would say, right? I, I don't think I'm saying anything outrageous there. I mean, probably Bundesliga is better than Liga. Well, yeah. So, But what I'm saying is if we want to get more of a separation from Bundesliga, get more on the level of La Liga, I think that's already a great start. And then... Longer term, if we want to really shoot for Premier League, we can. Again, I think by that time, there's so much money in the Premier League that you, we could just never combat it. But, you know, hopefully, you know, there there is money that comes into Serie A. Oh, there's always good growth potential in Serie A. There's a lot of things that people can do. There's a lot of old owners that are still stuck in their ways. And hopefully we get more money, both revenue-wise into the league, but also individually in the teams to promote more growth for the league because it is an entertaining league and you know there are a lot of good players and it's just a shame that not a lot of people know about it um i'm gonna leave it at there we're gonna go on to the football i'm gonna first go to you guys just to comment on the napoli season that's been going on right now i think they currently if correct me if i'm wrong 13 point points clear of inter in second place Double check, make sure I'm right about that. I'm pretty sure that that's right. Yep, 13 points. Napoli have 53, Inter have 40. So either one of you can go first. What do you think of Napoli season so far? And I want to pose a second question where, what do you think has been the catalyst for the season so far? All right, I'll go real quick first because I was talking about this with Mike the other day, mm -hmm. like during the Napoli-Roma game. But I think I predicted them in like seventh place or something. I could tell you. I have started. them up. I have it up. Don't how worry. Stupid I am. Give me one second. I, I think it was seventh, up. honestly. Top four picks. You had him sixth. Six. Okay. Well so it's a little bit better, I guess. Well your um, your fifth your fifth place team isn't too great. You had or something? Yeah, you had Fiore. Yeah, not well, not not great showing from your boy. For some some crazy picks. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think that like they did so well in the transfer window, and personally, I mean, I didn't realize that at the time, but uh, yeah, I was saying just like they brought on Gio Simeone. He was playing really well. And yeah. A nice goal. It's so, like that, and bringing on the other dude whose name. Was it Whatever. I mean, obviously he's been insanely good, and that's probably for me like the biggest catalyst for how it's been so good. Cavada is your catalyst. I know, I know everyone's pretty. High. Yeah, okay. everyone's like so high on Osimhen. Maybe because of that, I'm not as high on Osimhen right now. Um, 
Yeah, I think they did really well in the transfer window. That you know, I didn't notice. Maybe other people didn't notice the moves they're making, and they're they're playing crazy well. Like you know, they're playing really well and winning games. Yeah, and they're just continuing at a point that Napoli teams like have historically in the last like fifteen years have dropped off. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, they're gonna. They're going to win this Scudetto, right? Oh, are, are you giving 100%? Are you giving 100% cert, uh, certification? No, I, I've learned to not give 100% <laughs> guaranteed. But, uh, yeah, they've been, they've been great. I thought, that for, for what it's worth, I thought the, the game with Roma was really good, and I thought Roma played really well, too. Yeah, it was... Um, it, I'm not going to take too much away, like too much time away from Mike, but that was a really good test, and I think it, it proves that mentally that they're near or at that point. But Mike, what do you think about Napoli and this astonishing run that they're on right now? So the first thing I'll say is like going back to having Napoli so low in the table in uh, preseason. Oh, pre- hold on one second. I actually just got a call that I have to take. Do one second, guys. No worries. I'll, I'll I'll take over at that point. Yeah, I think. Mike was just gonna say the same thing as me. <laughs> just just a safe assumption. Um, no, I think like to answer the first question, I think like you know. You said it right, like the transfer market. They they definitely got a lot of cheaper, but very good players, right? Like they got Raspadori, they got uh, Simeone, they got Undombele, which people haven't really been saying or singing his praises that much. Then you have I'm trying to think, they, uh, Min, Kim Min Jo or Kim Min Jin. I, mm-hmm. I I apologize if I'm pronouncing his name incorrectly. Um, He's been a great replacement for Koulibaly at the back. No one anticipated that coming. But also, like, Meret has been playing really well, too, now that he's the number one in goal, too. Yep. He had he had a couple of really good yep. saves against Roma. Uh, but my catalyst has to be Spalletti. Like, what he's doing with this team, his his mentality about going into these games, it's like, okay, we're, we're, he had a great quote where, I forget before which game, he said, it's not about the player-on-player matchup. It's about, and I'm paraphrasing here, it's about finding the space on the field and you can tell it's like the way that Napoli play it's like they're they pass so quickly and they always seem to find the space out wide like I remember with his Roma teams a lot of emphasis was on the width it was a lot of you know there's a lot of space on the width and utilize the wingers to feed the guys in the middle they're doing that now and as much as I've griped and said my displeasures about Chucky Lozano on that left side with Cavada and when the subs come in they all have this great composure to deal with all this pressure so Spalletti kudos to you you know he's doing a really good job with this group obviously you have Osiman Cavada um Labotka who's also playing out of this world Zielinski uh and Gisa yeah. the list goes on and on and on and it's really it's really good to see and hopefully God willing this run continues and they actually capture the Scudetto I think it's good for Serie A if they do um yeah, no, I agree. It's good to see a team that's not based in Milan or, or, or Juventus, I guess. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Roma. I mean, well, we we both mentioned Roma. What do you what do you think Roma has been doing so far this season, or do you think that they need to improve a lot on as the season gets tighter and they're pushing for a Champions League spot? I mean, Roma's just bad. I think a lot of times. Really. Watching them play, dude. Like. I don't know. Watching the Coppa Italia game where they got eliminated yesterday, right? Yeah. Um, 
Like I texted Aaron group and I was like, this is another game where they're going to have to throw on Dybala late because they need him to do something. And the team is so reliant on him in a way that I haven't seen. Like, you, I don't know, it's not that normal seeing same situation like that. I feel like maybe Ronaldo and Juve, because they were playing to just get him goals. But, like, I honestly think, like, in, in a more, like, dependent way. Like, they were like, yeah, we need Ronaldo to score. Here's the ball. But, like, Dybala is, like, trying to open up play and trying to score and trying to set people up. It's just, like, not a lot is happening outside of him. And Belotti was bad. Belotti's been, been, been a bad signing. He's been a bad signing. He didn't do anything. Tammy hit the post. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't Roma's day, but uh, not you know. I came away more happy having watched obviously the loss from against Napoli than losing. You never want to lose like Cremonese and get eliminated, but yeah, uh, that was a disappointing loss. And obviously they're on an amazing run. It's like really impressive to get on this far in that Copa Italia. But um, yeah, I don't know Roma. I guess they definitely need. Production from Wijnaldum when he eventually hopefully yeah. starts playing, mm-hmm. and then Pellegrini needs to just play at a higher level. Like it's, I don't. It's not like a great thing, bit of feedback. Like, oh, he just needs to be better. But like, he needs to be more of the guy who he could be than than what he's been doing. Yeah, then, yeah. I mean, I guess we'll see about the how things go with like, the new guys. Obviously, Saniolo doesn't look like he's going to feature much for for Roma going forward, but. Uh, I still think they could be fighting for the top four through the end of the season. We'll see. Yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm very curious. Like, what's going on with Tammy? Like, he looks like a completely different person. Like, his finishing hasn't been there. Like, his aerial ability hasn't been there. Like, I feel like sometimes he gets lost in Lincoln play. So you have that concern. But a, a, a positive is what Mourinho has been doing is he's actually been incorporating youth as his subs in big games. Mm-hmm. Which is which is like we were saying you you guys were saying earlier right it's like you know we need to invest in the youth it seems like the only team that is willing to play their homegrown youth is Roma and it's good to see because yeah they may not be the finished product now but you keep doing this two three year a year or two down the line they're going to become big players for you so but I want I want to yeah. question you about Mourinho do you think now. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a bigger kind of microscope on what he does game to game, or do you think he's still relatively safe with his job? I can uh, I can take this because I'm back now. Oh, if you'd like. Hold on, I just want to say one thing. I actually think Tammy's been playing really well the last like three or four games. He had one game recently where he had two assists to Dybala. I thought he had some decent moves to try to set people up. He I think he had the assist on the goal. Or he had an assist on like an offside goal or something against even yesterday's game. I actually think he's been playing pretty well. I was, you know, I was watching the game at, uh, sort of like at the same, like talking on the phone with Mike at the time. And he, when he went off the post, it was like, I'm glad he took the shot because the striker needs to shoot, not like lay it off because he could have laid it off. And it's just mm-hmm. it's three inches the other way. Then it's, then we're talking about how well Tammy's playing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Mike, uh, you talk about it. Yeah. Sorry about that. I dog sitting. No, nah, it's okay, man. The dog. You're good. Um, so I think that he has 100% safety on his job, honestly. Oh, wow. Like, okay. As long as Jose wants to stay at Roma, Jose stays at Roma. I don't think that there's any pressure on it. I think that any rational Roma fan has to realize that, like, they are where they are because of two people, and that's Jose and Dybala. 
I think like for me, honestly, like uh, this has been fun to watch because I feel like I was, re- I mean, like, we were, we were pretty young the last time Jose was in Italy. Right. Mm-hmm. So like getting to see him, I think is like making me appreciate the level of coach that Jose is right now because just seeing the way that he's able to manipulate games with a, a roster that is like objectively like pretty good, but not quite the best in Italy. It's, yeah, it's like top six, top seven. It totally is. And yeah. I think that like they're performing like just above like the number of points mm-hmm. that I think that they should have. Yeah. Like, I think like the game against Napoli is a great, like great, great example of it being like, okay, like, Jose's got this right you know like if a couple of things go differently like if, if Smalling's able to close out that Simeone shot which was which is an absolute banger but like if he's able to close yeah. that shot out you know you're looking at a draw with the best team in the league um in in Naples I think that Roma yeah in Naples I think that Roma's yeah. like had a lot of issues rotating the squad um and the depth has totally totally been a problem I'm curious to see how like Ronaldo will fit in. Um, like he, oh, he was no, on the bench. Diego, Diego Llorente now. Diego Llorente now from Leeds. I was reading a lot of Leeds help. fans saying like, "Thank God that he's gone." <laughs> so we'll see what that. Well, I'm yeah, I'm not familiar at all with him, but like hopefully he can just yeah take some minutes and not be bad because the defense needs to rest. And then what's uh, the other dude's name? Um, Sol Bakken, the Norwegian yeah. winger. The, I mean, he's gonna have to take plenty of those minutes, I guess. The the one yeah. the one thing about Mourinho that I've I I've, I realized when I was watching the All or Nothing for Spurs, but I think with this Roma team in particular, you see it on the field is that he has a real ability to galvanize his team to really get them to play yeah. for him. So like that that Roma game, you know, they the uh, not Roma game, the Napoli game. I don't know why I said Roma. Um, they were down one nothing, but you never thought it's like okay they're giving up. You're like no, they're gonna fight, and they kept fighting more and more. They got the equalizer, and you're just like, aside from a smalling mistake, like you said, you take a point away from league leaders in their home stadium, where the home stadium has been a fortress for them. And you see in other games that they like that Milan game when they were down two nothing, they just kept fighting. Like this team cares for him, and I think Mike spot on was saying that he has a hundred percent safety because one, what other coaches out there that you can get this level of production with this roster? And two, you have them currently sitting fourth, I think, right now. Fourth or fifth? No, they're sixth, actually. Sorry. They're sixth. Um, but yeah, they're they're a point out of third. So, like, you re- like especially with this rush, like Mike said, like, oh, yeah, you, one point out yeah, third, you can't. You can't ask more from this guy to do what he's doing, and he's he's shown today on his day he can be one of the smartest and best managers in Italy. So, but Mike, we didn't get your reaction on Napoli's incredible run this season so far. Yeah, so I think the first thing that I was gonna say is going back to like the prediction that we all had at the beginning of the season to put them a little bit like lower in the top end of the table. It still doesn't seem that ridiculous to me. Like looking at the roster, right? You gotta like think like who in August, like Osimhen, we knew, but they just lost Koulibaly, they just lost Fabian, um, you know, like two super, super important players for them. I was expecting a way bigger drop-off. Mm-hmm. Kudos to Napoli for going out in the market and, and, and really reconstructing the team. And they were smart buys. They weren't too extravagant oh, yeah. buys. They were fantastic. It, mm-hmm. It's just perfect business, honestly. Like, there's nothing that you can really take away from them. Like, they have just been 
so shrewd in their business with these last few moves. Um, so, you know, like, I think it's still surprising is the mm-hmm. first thing that I'll say. Like, yep. I, I did not expect this. I really thought it was Milan to lose with Inter. Hold on one second. We're getting technical difficulties. You about it. I think it's amazing. It's so cool to watch. It's like, there's no more passionate fan base in Italy, I think. Um, they are just playing so well and, like, fun soccer to watch. It's not been, like, sit back and defend. Like, they're on the attack all of the time. And, you know, Taraco's point about, like, oh, this is, like, the stage in the season where sometimes they fade. They're not just, like, playing well still. They're still messing teams up. Like, the 5-1 thrashing of Juventus, like, that yeah, was, like, crazy. That, that was... felt like a moment that, like, the Napoli teams of the past decade, like, that That was, like, the exact moment that Napoli teams would come crashing down for yeah. in the past. Yeah, no, that's and right. And instead they came out and they just absolutely smacked them around. It, like, it was insane to watch. Um, like, really cool, really good for them. Like, I, I've been enjoying watching it. I think that they – they will carry it out. Like a 13-point lead with half the season to play seems pretty good, especially the way that they've been playing. So yeah. Like kudos to Napoli. Like, what? the reason I, I think your second question was the reason. That yeah, like what do you think well? is like the main like galvanizing force or the main reason why that this run has been so good? Yeah, I mean like one of the things that I just said for sure is that they went out and had like, yeah. one of the best mm-hmm. transfer markets in, in Europe last summer. Like I, I think, you know, Kravashelia – obviously is like the big one but i think his value is i think they paid like 10 for him. they got him 10 and now he, they're saying market value is like 60 for him right yeah now. i mean he must be worth at least 67 yeah. million um but i think the other one is like spalletti has gotten right like he has a team that really fits his style and mm-hmm. they believe in him and he believes in them and it, it's meshing together well and it's also like cool to see spalletti like this is really like kind of the closest that he's gotten to his Scudetto, so yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, it, it's cool. I think it's a feel-good story. I don't think like anyone should really like not want to see this happen at this point. Like, it realistically, I feel like it's theirs, um, and like it's cool. I'm happy for them. I'm happy for yeah. the city of Naples. Yeah, um, it's funny. Me, me, and Rocco basically said the same things you said. Rocco took the Cavada as the galvanizing force. I took Spalletti. Um, Good to know that we're all in agreement, you know? Well, for the most part. Um, I want to move on to Inter because I think this has been, over the past, was it three seasons? I think this has been the most Pazza Inter season I've seen in a while. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I'm going to delegate to you guys because I think your guys' knowledge of Serie A antics with Inter are more... More, uh, what's I'm looking for? Expand like more experience than mine. So, you guys, what do you guys think of either one? Can go, what do you guys think of this inter season as a whole so far? I think the thing that immediately jumps out to me is that Lukaku has just been kind of a bust. And I know that he's been injured, but yeah, it's been really bad. And I think everybody was like, he's going to be good. This is going to fix him again. And it, it didn't. Um, that's the thing that stands out the most to me. I think the second thing for me is Inzaghi's not the guy. You know, like, really? Okay. 
he's just not a, a championship level coach. I think like he was kind of like performing exactly where he, you know, I think Lazio was a really good fit for him because I felt like he was that level of coach for that level of team. Um, and in terms of like, is this like a typical injury season? I feel like it, I mean, it really is like they have such a, such a talented roster. I still think on paper, they might have the most talented roster in the league and they just can't figure out how to win as many games as they should. Like they're on 40 points, which is pretty good, pretty good for a halfway mark, one game over the halfway mark. But I think that, I mean, they should obviously have more points. Like, I'm thinking specifically about the Monza game. And, like, maybe that's not necessarily their fault because there's a really bad call in that. But they just haven't been playing well. Um, something's not there. Um, but they've been on better form recently, for sure. Uh, but I, I think that it's tough. I think, I don't, I don't know who you go to if you, if you sack Inzaghi, theoretically but I just don't think that he's the guy for this team long-term. I think I think if you sack Inzaghi, you kind of have to blow it up because if you're sacking Inzaghi, the only other coach that can coach a three-back system with that roster is Gasparini, and they've tried Gasparini before, and it didn't work. So, well, Conte could, right? I mean, if he left Spurs. But. Yeah, but especially now with the financial struggles of Inter, he doesn't want to come back. No, I don't think he does. I think if he came back to Italy, it would have to be... Juve, but there's like talks that they're gonna renew Max to like 2060. Um, <laughs> one thing that I, I guess we and then he's the director, like Sir Alex. Yeah, one thing that like we didn't mention is that uh, Screenyard is gone, he's going to PSG. Um, that's a yep. massive, massive loss. Um, been one of the best defenders in Italy for the past, you know, three, four years. Yeah, yeah, certainly. And like he was their captain, right? Like that's tough. The financial struggles must be really serious. Um, you know, I, I I feel for Inter because that's a shitty feeling, losing your captain like that. Um, it's, it's a big loss for Serie A too, to just have him walk on a free to ESG. Yeah, and also, like, the, the kind of the way it broke was definitely really bad. Just, in, like, the, you just got to really sense, like, wow, this was, like, a really toxic negotiation at the end of it. And it's just, like... You know, leaving in disgrace, but you know, sadly, Inter have apparently no money, um, as Gana would lament many a times on this pod. Um, and apparently, like Zhang does want to sell, but he doesn't want to sell for less than a billion. And Gana always says to the kids, like, okay, like who would want to buy this piece of junk for a billion? So, it's funny enough, I read that their uh, their ultras met with team representatives and they're like, no, we understand the reason for leaving. We're not mad at him. <laughs> like, that's the first time that the inter ultras have ever not been like super toxic. Yeah. Like they also like inter ultras have like a history of like overreacting, like the whole Lukaku situation. It was like, when you get an offer that big coming in for one of your players, you, you don't say no to that money. And like, look, you got like, there's always those, there's TIFOs, um, of them just being like, oh, like we we made like X amount of profit because we sold them for this much and then we got them back on loan or some crap like that. But to comment on Lukaku, one the, one apparent difference from last year was, not last year, two years ago, was he looks a lot heavier, which I'm not very happy about because you could tell that it's like some of his runs that he would do when he was first at Inter, he would come back to the same run two, three times over. 
He does it once. He's a little more gassed. He's a little slower to get back. So it's like you have those concerns. And then also it's like there are days where he looks really good, where he's doing the hold-up play. He's doing traditional Lukaku things where people get him for. And that way he and he's traditional Lukaku. But then you have these days where he's trying to do other things and he doesn't look as good. So like there's it's like, a very, like the last game they played against Atalanta in the Copa. He looked good. He was holding up play, setting it for the players, and they were going in on goal. But again, like that's only one in about 10 appearances that he's had all season. So... Rocco, any comment? Uh, I don't know. Not too much to add. It's been nice watching Inter struggle. <laughs> I was like, who's yeah, Gaetano, Gaetano is joining the chat, everybody. Gaetano on uh, his iPhone. Wait here, guy. You can talk about Inter. You know more about it. <laughs> so, so um, we're broke. That's all I got to say. We're poor as shit. We got nothing good going on. Don Morata working miracles left and right. I mean, what do you, what do you expect from him? I mean, we're losing Skriniar for free. Um, I don't blame him for it. I think this has been a tragedy from the management downward. I think this is one of the few times Bebe Morata has made a mistake. Um, but I, I also can think about what he has to deal with and, how do you deal when you're when you're working with pennies? You know, it's a miracle. If if we end up with Demaral out of this, it's a miracle. It's an absolute miracle. And it's the best case scenario. And that's really sad given where we are. I mean, you guys are possibly getting Scalvini. So it's like you have this um you know, young uh prodigy as a center back to actually like start building your defense back up again. But Mike brought up a good point where would you would you think Inzaghi after the season gets the sack, Galano? Oh, he's, he's figuring out his phone. Can you hear me? Yeah. Would you say if Inzaghi stays in second or goes even worse, you think he gets the sack this season? Hell no. Hell no. I just, no way. I, I think that that's such like a... I don't know, man. Like, I look at that roster and I'm like, this team should be closer to the top. Like, 53 points is outrageous for 20 games. I don't expect, I, I didn't expect them to do that. But, like, some of the performances that they've had, some of the, some of the draws that they've had have just been terrible. And I think it's a lot because Zinzaghi just, kind of lackluster and he kind of hasn't changed things up and teams have figured out how to play into a bit. I, I, I get that. I think my answer, hell no, is, to, is, is twofold. One, I look at what Inzaghi has, has at his disposal and you can only blame him for so much. I do think there are a couple of draws that are, that are his fault. I truly believe that. Um, but then I look back and I See that he has to, he's gotten the most out of it, Chadby. You know, you have Skriniar, who has been going through a contract negotiation all year. You have Brozovic, who's been in and out of the lineup. You've had Lukaku out of form, and Lautaro is, you know, Lautaro. I'm not going to go down that. It's a World Cup winner. That is a World Cup winner. And then you have Zeko, who is. I think, Mike, I think you're, you're kind of seeing it now with Giroud. Like, Giroud can only be so good for so long and tires out. 
that Zeko and they're they're very similar players in that regard. So that does, and and the fact that he hasn't gotten great productivity from his bench, other than Mkhitaryan, I I think those are those are all factors to consider. And then the other the other half of that is who do you replace him with? There's nobody available. Gasparini is going to cost more than than Nzagi does. Not to mention, as my brother mentioned. The, the fact that Gasparini was already there and it worked out so well, right? So I I think Inzaghi is the only choice. And if he comes, he may come around with a Coppa Italia too. Like he, he has a Supercoppa. He already, he might He's get a Coppa Italia. He's not getting Juventus. I, <laughs> he I he has a Coppa Italia he, already. He already has a Coppa Italia. And, and, a super and not Copa. to mention, a Super and that he gave us the best gift ever to all fans around the world knocking out Barcelona from the Champions League so that alone I think secured him for next year I guess when you put it that way it makes more sense maybe I'm a bit harsh on him what the Barcelona point won you over that's no, not really that... I could have led with I could have led with that and you would have been like you know what you're right no yeah well I mean like <laughs> I just I just I really feel like in my heart of hearts I'm like ah like this roster is so good it just doesn't make sense but I don't know I I agree. Um, I, I totally see that. Um, have we talked about Milan? Should we go Did to I, the other side of town? Because these rumors of Pioli being sacked are ridiculous. If, no, if Milan sack him, we're talking about, like, monumental mistake. Totally agree. I mean, Milan Twitter is Milan Twitter, though, so it's in a frenzy right now because Milan's on, like, a skid for five games, right? It's like... They all are calling for his head. And it's like, what do you do? What do you do then if you fire him? Like, first of all, like, yeah, it's been, like, two really, really bad games in Serie A, right? Like, they got they got destroyed by Lazio and then just looked so bad against Sassuolo. But I don't know what your next best alternative is. I think, like, part of it is, like, you know, like, there is some truth to, like, teams – having figured out Milan a little bit. And I think, like, yeah, like, they press high. If you sit back in a block, you'll find a way to open them up with the counterattack. Like, that's definitely something. But it's not new knowledge. You know, like, um, yeah. I think that it's it seems more like it's a mental block right now that's going on in the locker room to me. I mm-hmm. think, like, something's just not clicking for these players. There's not the same kind of belief. There's not the same kind of hunger that there was. Um, they look I bad. Told- they, they do, and I, and I told Marco this. I Fraudulence not the word, because they absolutely earned the Scudetto last year. But what I would say is they grossly outperformed the sum of their parts last year. I mean, I don't know what that's – what, that, that's why I'm saying that you get rid of Pioli, and I, I don't see how you get more value out of the players that you have. Like, you know, I, I think you look at that roster, Origi is your backup striker – Zlatan can't get off the bench because he's always hurt, and Giroud is almost 40. And- well, yeah, I mean, let's talk about the roster, right? Like, you go out and get zero reinforcements zero. in the January window. Like, you know, I, and, like, I think I'm, like, the harshest critic of anybody on Maldini, but what are you thinking? What are you thinking? Like, you have no center back depth anymore because you let Romagnoli walk. Yep. And you didn't go get Sven Botman. And it turns out Pierre Kalulu is not the guy that you guys all thought he was. And he's especially bad when you put him on the flank. Like, 
the time when like the times when Calabria was out were really tough for Milan because he just doesn't fit that role. Pierre's yep. coming back, but he's still not. He's also he's, older. He's older. He's not. You know, it's not like he's like you can expect a player to just come back and be at their peak. Like he, he's going to need some yeah. time to get back. Tamori, it hasn't been as good of a season, frankly. Like you've missed time from Teo, you've missed time from Calabria, but that's all the more reason to go out and reinforce the defense. And don't get me started on the right wing, which has been a problem now for. I mean, as long as I can remember, I think the right wing has been a problem. Like it, it, it's it's so it's so obvious, and they go out and they get no one, and it's like all right, if you can keep running it with, you can keep running it with, uh, with Messias and Salamakers, but. You're essentially playing with like ten men at times. Like those guys aren't aren't Milan quality players, and, I, and I'm so tired of seeing them on the pitch. It's, it's aggravating as hell. Um, that the other day that was like I think Rebich's yeah. pass percentage is 56%. like sixty-eight percent or something. Yeah, yeah, it's terrible. I mean, Rebich is terrible. I mean, like, I think I think Milan depth, have to be really careful everywhere. I think Milan have to be really careful. To be honest. Out of the teams in the top four right now, on paper, on paper, I think Milan have the weakest roster. And I, and I, and I, you know, and that's, that's like so something. interesting because like you wouldn't have said that two months ago, you know? To be, I, I actually, Margo could defend me on this. I've said for, for since last year, this, me this too. team is not good. This team is not good. And, and if they fire Pioli, I would put, I would put the, the Mike Totino 100% that they're not qualifying for top four. I, I firmly believe Pioli and a combination of him and Zlatan dragged this team over the finish line last year because the sum of the parts is not good. No, it's, I mean, look, man, I mean, you have players in there who I think can be very good, some players who are currently good, but no one on that team is world-class. And, like, it, it makes last year, in retrospect, even crazier that they won the Scudetto. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I'm looking at this team now, and, like, the fact that it's like, oh, like, we let Kessie walk for nothing and, like, thought that we would just be okay. And it's like, this is what happens. This is what happens in those situations. There's our our, our, our backup midfielder for any spot in the midfield is Krunich. It's still Krunich. What are you doing? And, like, you, you have no depth in the attack. Like, Origi's not good. He's not good, and I don't know where this, like, sense of like oh Origi's gonna come in and be good on Milan happen like he's not good the Cavalier is a waste of 30 million dollars man I'm so tired of people <laughs> telling me to walk. so when he came on when he came on during Lazio you can ask Rocco like I was talking to him during the game every single touch was bad and you had Matteo Bonetti and like not to pick on Bonetti trying to be like positive about it but it's like every ball was too heavy every touch was not like he didn't have the control that you should have on your first touch. And he was just out of position and, like, couldn't find space and was getting thrown all over the floor and stuff like that. And, like, not not in, like, a, he got fouled, but just in, like, he's getting bodied off the ball. He doesn't look impressive. He doesn't have the mindset, I feel like, to go out and make this work. Like, I feel like other players, like, it's like, oh, like, they'll figure it out. You see that hunger in him. And I don't even see that. Like, I think that that has also just been one of the, the biggest fuck-ups in, in – the Maldini era. I have I have two side comments. One, the the Ketalad, I don't think it's a skill issue. I think it's more of just a confidence issue. Like his confidence mentally is shot. Like when they played oh, I agree. 
when they played Torino, he looked like he was doing semi good things. He just looked very just deer in headlights, not like not ready for the moment on the get the lock. I want to raise a question to you, Mike. If Manyan is in net instead of Tata, how many right, so points do you think he I've saves? Yeah, that's why I'm asking this. And I'm like, look, like one of the goals against Lazio would have gotten stopped. The one where like Tata Rusano went back. Um, I think it was Luis Alberto. I can't even remember, but like some goals would get stopped. Maybe you'd have like three to four more points, but these problems are not like, oh, like our goalie has been bad problems. Because if that were the case, you'd go down the fucking list and play the next guy. That's not the issue. The issue is that the defense is weak, the midfield is weak, and that the attack isn't producing right now. It's, it's, it's a team issue. It's not just a Manyan issue. Obviously, Manyan would be good for additional points, right? Like maybe three, four extra points from just having him on the pitch. But even then, like, you know, like it hasn't been impressive. They haven't looked good. Yeah, this goes to my three, th- four extra points. It does put them in second, right? Yeah. So it does put them in second, but like it doesn't stop the fact that like we're about to go into February where Milan's going to have two legs against Tottenham. And if you like, Tottenham's not on form, but I'm like, Milan's going to get, I think like Milan's going to get worked by Tottenham. And I think like they're going to go for it in the Champions League because they want the extra revenue from getting to the quarterfinals. And it's going to just jeopardize. And, And like you're in a position now where like, you're not in top four and you need to fight for top four. So if you're going to go for those two games, you know, you're, you're potentially putting your season at risk. And and you're going into these really tough games where your defense is right. being absolutely down form. And, and We have the Derby this weekend. Yeah. Inter's going to eat us up. Or Nope, nope, guaranteed. I, I know, I've seen way too many derbies. The team that comes in on form is going to lose and then the other team that wins is going to is going to. Uh, shoot up like a missile, guaranteed. I was just about to say it would be totally Pazza Inter if they get a one nothing against Napoli <laughs> and then lose three one against Milan in the you know, derby. Mike, Mike and Julio have ruined Pazza Inter for me. They they really have. Can't even say it anymore without <laughs> seeing the, the messages. But yeah, like the whole the whole defense thing. It's like like that. Like yeah, you have goalkeeper skill. But you're not. You're only as good as the people in front of you, right? Like the whole my whole Woj being a good goalkeeper take is predicated on this, right? Like if you have the best defense in Serie A, which Milan did last year, I'm not discrediting Manjan because Manjan still is good, but Milan had one of the best defenses last year, and that minimizes the amount of shots your goalkeeper takes. If you're like like multiple holes in your defense, then your goalie is going to see on average seven to ten shots, and then. The likelihood that they save all of them is not that high, where it's like a above sixty percent certainty, and you're going to let in one or two. So it's like, like I'm with, I'm with Mike, where it's like on Twitter you see everyone like yelling and like cursing out Tata Rusano, where it's like it's not all. It's honestly majority not his fault because a lot of bad defensive reads. But again, Mike brought another good point where you have Champions League coming up, so it's like you know can like do you, do you guys have faith Milan can actually get out of this rut at all, or do you think that after this weekend, if they lose, do you think they're going to go into retiro? Do you think that they're going to have some discussions? Like, what do you think is going to happen if they lose this game? I think the, the thing that scares me about Milan is that, like, I feel like they have a very reactionary fan base. And if Milan loses and we lose 
gig in the Derby, I feel like you're going to see a lot of people going crazy, blaming Pioli. Um, and I think that those people are all stupid. Like, I think Pioli has been an amazing coach for Milan. And, like, I Agreed. was definitely Agreed. told him at the beginning, but I think that he's worked out. And I think he's gotten more out of this team. I, I agree. Like, I don't know. Like, you know, like, on paper, like, Roma's attack, a team that's, like, just below them, I think, is way, way better than Milan's attack. And, um, well, you know, Roma has the best. Players. It's not really fair, yeah. They have the best player of all time. Just a um, quick side note: Did you guys see Jose said something the other day? He was like, "Napoli is a much better team, but they don't have any player as good as Dybala." Yeah. I, I love Jose's mind tricks, man. Yeah, the whole the whole that Napoli have won the scudetto already. Like that. This is. But the thing is that you're playing with the one man who's actually crazy. I'm convinced Spalletti is like actually the most the craziest man in Serie A. Um, but do we have uh, that? That's all I have before game picks. Since you guys want to talk about something else, uh, really quickly, Roma, bad, 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 bad against Cremonese. Like Tammy hits posts more than anyone in Europe, so like I'm not surprised that he hit the bar. <laughs> the post, I should say. Um, but man, I mean, the own goal was miserable. Uh, the penalty was also miserable and probably should have been a red card for Rui Patricio. And then they just looked out of it. And again, it's another circumstance of like Roma can't create anything unless, uh, unless the ball is on the pitch. And the last thing I'll say is it's like whenever Roma rotates the squad, they're just not good. So yeah, we yeah. While you were on your when you had a phone call when you, excuse me, took your phone call. Me and Rocco discussed it. Uh, uh, I see. Sorry, um, but so we're gonna Rocco. Do you have anything else you want to add, or do we want to move to game picks? No, we can do picks. Okay, so update on. <laughs> Wait, the, I want to add. I want to. I want to add. Yeah, go ahead. If you're speaking, we cannot hear you. I think my brother just got in his car. So. He did. His audio probably just like switched to his car or some shit. Hey, can you hear me? There we go. Yes. Okay. Magnet. I wanna I, I wanna add something. I, I got I got shit to say. Okay. One, Rocco was a hundred percent correct. Dybala is without a doubt the MVP of Serie A. That that Roma team is absolute trash without him. Like absolute hot garbage. Dude, I was I was saying that for a while before, <laughs> like in this pod. I think you said it last year. I think you said it like when he comes back, whichever team he's on, he will win MVP or something like that. Get on. I think you got to get your ears checked, my guy. I think you're misquoting everybody. Well, whatever. Oh, Dybala right. has been... That's has exactly been, right. Dybala has been fantastic. And I, I like to think of like, what if? What if he went to like Inter instead of Lukaku? Like what? It would have been a much different... He's been phenomenal. Um, the other thing with Roma is that team at the defense is, as I mentioned, hot, steaming garbage. Mancini is terrible. Smalling, unfortunately, my guy looked bad as well. And don't even get me, don't even get me started on good old Roger at the back. So they're, they are, they are who we thought they were. That's what I, that, or at least I thought they were. No surprises. 
Anything else you want to add, Galano? It sounds like you got a lot. You said you got a lot to say. Is that it? Really needed to get the anti Roman. <laughs> well, it's like half and half. So it's like. Kind of, yeah, yeah, it's like neutral Roma. Um, did we talk about Juve? Yeah, we started the pod with it. Did we say did we say how great the fifteen point deduction is and how not enough it is? Well, they're saying. Well, we also talked about the possible twenty that's inbound as well. Just get the sense that the FIGC is really out to get these guys. Yeah, we they, we got they gotta like take it easy on them. You know, they don't deserve all this. All right, crickets on my joke. All right, that's cool, guys. Um, all right, game picks. So I've updated the scores. Even though we haven't done a pie, we've been doing weekly games. And so if I were to organize this, this is organized based on points. Julio is, can you guys hear me? Yep. Okay, perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So Julio is still at the bottom with 24 points. But he's only six points away from Rocco with 30 points. points Rocco is tied with Mike. For third, with as Mike also has thirty oh, points. So why is he six points away from me? Because it's Mike. the way it's organized on the sheet. All right, don't even yell at me. Galano only has a three-point lead on Mike and Rocco with thirty-three points, and I still sit at the top with a seven-point lead on Galano with forty points. With your ten points up on me. Yeah. Uh, yes. No problem. Yes. Did I drink? Did I shrink the gap last week? No. I feel like I did. No, because we, no. so last, so last week we all matched because we all had Napoli winning. We all had Juve winning and we all had Lazio winning against Fiore and Juve lost to Monza. Lazio tied Fiore and Napoli beat Roma. And then the pod bef- <laughs> and the predictions before that, me and Galano had Torino one nothing against Fiore and that hit. And then I had 2-1 Atalanta. I had 3-2 Atalanta. We all got that incorrect. And I got 3-2 Lazio because I was the one that picked Lazio to beat Milan that week. So I got an extra point because of that. So, yeah. Okay. So, this week for games, there's only two to note. But there's one I thought would be an interesting one. So, I have a almost relegation battle. Cremonese at home against Lecce. <laughs> no, and then and then I have Torino at home against Udinese, and then the Madonina. So, do you guys see or want me to add a different game to the list? I'm good with those. Okay. Yeah, I'm fine with those. Right. Sassuolo could be a good game. But yeah, but Sassuolo's trash. Um, unless they play Milan. That's true. Yeah. They might have become... something Sassuolo like three years ago with Sassuolo. Yeah. They are when they play Milan. Yeah. Okay. So we're going Cremonese and Lecce first. And Mike, you're the first to go. They in Cremona. Someone text Julio these these games too. That way we're aware. Oh, man. This is an ugly. This okay. is a real. That's why I put game. this on. It's a tough game to call. It's a really tough game because Cremonese still have no wins in Serie A. I'm going Lecce 2 0. All right, Rocco, you're next. Uh, 
1-0 Lecce. I was going to go Cremonese, but they just went all out to win in Coppa Italia. So, no. You said 1-0 Lecce, right? 1-0 Lecce. Yes. Perfect. Okay. Galano, you're up. 2-1 Cremonese. 2-1. Not 32-1. 2-1. I am going 3-2 Lecce. Hey, you guys made fun of me, and I, I got the scoreline, but the result wrong in the Monzo Cremonese game. Just saying. Um, okay, Torino Udinese. I go first, actually. Um, you know, you already know my scoreline. Book it. No, I'm booking it too. One nothing Torino. Ah, you piece of shit. Is that one nothing or one one? All right, let's see who's next. Galano, you're up next. One nothing, obviously Torino. Yeah. All right, Rocco, you're up. This has potential to be an extraordinarily boring game. Huh. Um, That's exactly what I was thinking. Uh, I'll say two one Udinese. Yeah, I'll stick with that. All right, Mike, you're up. I'll take one nil Udinese. Ooh. That was what I was going to change it to. But now Luigi, come here, bud. You have a dog named Luigi? That's adorable. Did you guys hear that? Yeah. Yeah, you did not be I muted my mic. Oh, well. This thing. Well, get, get, get good, kid. Get good. Um, Rocco, the Madonina. Enters home for this two, one. one. Yeah, whatever. 2-1 Milan. Ah, you piece of shit. All right. I'm up next. I'm going to do 3-2 Inter. Galano, you're up. What did you pick, Marco? 3-2 who? Inter. I'm going to go... I think there's going to be goals. I'm going to go 2-1 two, two, Milan. Oh, so you're copying Rocco. Okay. All right, Mike, you are you are last but not least. Milan's going to give me a real gift on my birthday. I'm going 3-1 Inter. Oh, God. <laughs> now it's time for the most important pick of the week. So this one's going to be good, boys. Who's Regina playing this week? We got a real Mikey's birthday special here with... An absolute banger of a match at the Renzo Barbera, Palermo, Regina. Oh, 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 oh. oh Everything God. I ever could have hoped for. On your birthday, none. Wow, it's actually perfect timing. You know the rules. Three nil. Hard, Regina. Hardcore Malocchio. Two one, Regina. You're an asshole. Oh no. So it's in Sicily. I'll add this to the predictions. That way we can. Regina is also the better team. Just like on paper, like generally. Palermo. Regina. Mike obviously has 3 nothing. You said 2-1 Regina? Yes. Maybe our jerseys will be in by then, Marco. Oh, yeah. Uh, Rocco, you're up. 2-0 uh, Regina. 
scoring. You said 2-0? Yes, sir. I'm going to stay consistent. 3-2. Paladwell. What is the official name of this derby again? All right. Oh, it's a good one, isn't it? Boys, we have the picks in. I want to thank you all for hopping on the pod. I know it's getting late, but, you know, it was a good hour we killed. Um, do you guys have any parting thoughts? Or my brother hung up. Thing. So, uh, I'll say one anecdotal story. Okay. Mike got our nephew a Roma hat for his birthday, which matches the ones that we both have. Mm-hmm. And the hat was temporarily lost, so my sister didn't want him to get upset, so ordered another one. But then the hat was recovered, so now him and his younger brother both have. Oh, that's so adorable! Made our whole family into Roma beautiful. Hats. Uh, that, that's beautiful. You just got to start them young. You got to develop the passion young. But, you know, thank you for sharing that with me. But until next time, ciao, everybody. That was great.